You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Uh, the, the chaplains that are with us today wouldn't know, but the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the vision and, and again, the filters of this church. And we, we, part of that was talking about the culture we're in. And we talked about how they're extraordinarily lonely and disconnected. Um, the generations coming up don't trust anyone. And, uh, and I just, yeah, fantastic to have you guys on the back of that. And as you're in there, you're not, you're not, it's great to be safe and nice in church on Sunday, but for the rest of the week, you're in the mess and the chaos that is these guys' lives, guys' and girls' lives. And we so appreciate what you're doing. And as a church, and I, I know I speak for the whole church, we, we stand behind you. And seriously, anything that is at our disposal, um, let, us, let us know. So if you need to use the building, if you need to, um, yeah, whatever, whatever, we can run a, run a fundraiser, that type of thing, please honestly let us know. We're behind you and I absolutely love the work of our chaplains. I get to do it once a week on a, um, on a Friday and I know we have a, a, an armed forces chaplain with us on our eldership, James. And, uh, but, but you were an uh, aged care chaplain, is that right? Am I correct? Yes, cool. So, yeah, we, we love our chaplains and we love what you guys are doing. And it is nice to make, have Rach, one of our, the people we have sent from this church, uh, here back with us this morning. So, fantastic. Um, when I finished school, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Year 12, I finished school. And my parents said, you can't professionally sit on the couch, play video games. <laughs> and um, said, fair enough. And so I enrolled in an apprenticeship, an electrical apprenticeship. Um, two years I did it. You'll know if it's a four-year thing, so you'll know how it ended. Um, I was horrible. I was dangerous. Holes through things, roof lights pushed through. Um, just, just, I, wasn't, I was just a horrible apprentice. And, and part of the reason was, one, I was just an awkward adolescent in general, so I'd trip over my own feet if I wasn't careful. But the other reason, my heart wasn't in it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So going from year 12 to suddenly getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning was just unmotivating. Um, and so I just didn't want to be there. And I wasn't on board, and I was dangerous, and I, enjoyed, I just complained about it. And so I was meant to go to bed early, obviously, because I'm getting up at 6, but I'd be up at night, late at night, 10, 11. And I wonder why I'm so tired and sort of messed up in the head in the morning. And I wouldn't buy the right tools. I didn't want to spend money on it. So I never had the right tools. I was always borrowing my boss's tools. And so poor guy. <laughs> and uh, I just I wasn't on board. And it was hard for me, and it was hard for the people around me. And so I finished up in two, two years and I found some other interests that I was more interested in, uh, but always regret that time. At least I don't think I'd, I'd be exactly where I am today, but I always regret not being on board. Why don't I just learn these skills and actually participate? And I guess just for a short moment this morning, I want to talk about that, being on board, um, being fully on board, and, um, and the torture that it brings if you're not, um, for you and for the people around you, basically. And so I want to just read a scripture. And um, it is a kind of shortish sermon this morning, but just a couple of thoughts off the back of this uh, vision series. So if you haven't heard it and you're interested in this church, please, uh, we're podcasting now at Burley Church, or you can grab a CD off John and um, have a listen to what we've been talking about. Uh, I don't normally talk up my sermons but in this way, but it... it it was a marker point for the life of this church. And if you want to know where we're heading, if you want to know if you want to be on board, it's the two to listen to. Um, 
excellent. So yeah, Burley Church, if you're on the podcast. Acts 11.17, if you've got your Bibles. Love you to get that out this morning. Acts 11, chapter 17 to 18. Let me read it and then I'll give you a bit of a background. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I, who was I that could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Let me give you a bit of a background while you've got that open. Early church. We did a series in Acts not that long ago and we actually looked over this passage. There's this early church. Um, Jesus has came and gone and they're forming and they're working out what they're going to be about. Part of the reason we went through Acts is feel like we're in the same, same boat working out what we're going to be about and looking at the most traditional early church um, from the Bible. What happens is Peter has, and I won't read it all, but Peter has this vision and the sheet comes down and he sees different animals on it. And basically the message from God is you're no longer just part of a little group, a sect, a Jewish community. The gospel's open to everyone. The gospel is open to the Gentiles, which is everyone that's not Jewish. So I'm guessing, major- I don't know one's heritage here, but majority us. The Gentiles. And so Peter delivers this message He delivers it to someone else and they deliver it to someone else and eventually it reaches this community and here we find ourselves, them hearing this message. Thousands upon thousands of years of tradition where there was this club, this group that were the people of God. They ate a certain way. They developed laws a certain way. They developed habits a certain way. Not just them, their parents, their grandparents, their grandparents, the promises that were made to them. And Peter comes along and says, things are going to change. Things are going to change. What, how do you think you'd feel? And you can call that, how do you think you would feel with that news? Uncertain, completely uncertain. Devastated. This is, we know it's good news, but in the moment, this is what your great great grandparents passed down ways of life, ways that have worked. Well, you've felt it's worked. And it has. And they were divine. And then Peter has this vision, comes to them. Confused is another word, I think. Give me some more. Give me some more. Fearful. Terrified. What does this mean? Angry. You can understand the Gentiles just aren't the other people. They're the people persecuting them. They're the people that had their ancestors under slavery in Egypt. They're the people that have them essentially oppressed now under the Roman government. These are not. The, they're not stoked on this. These aren't like, yeah, I can't. It just this is the enemy saying, oh, they're allowed in now. Hard. In fact, it's so hard that Peter in Galatians, the guy that delivers this news, is caught going back to his old ways. The guy that Jesus said is the head of the church. In Galatians 6, Paul corrects Peter, 
because he's hanging out with the Gentiles when, when, when they're around, and then a couple of his mates come, and he flips back into his normal mode, and he won't hang with them. He won't have dinner with them because uncircumcised. And so Peter says, oh, they can come, but it has to do what we do. Peter even, for a moment, has a moment of weakness, humanness. So I think we're safe to say if we felt that way before, it's okay if Peter can feel that way. <laughs> I feel our circumstance here as a church, if, you've been, if you're new visiting, you're new, great to have you, great to talk through these things with you and hear our heart. But if you've been here for a little while, you know this is kind of a similar dynamic. Oh, let me just correct. I'm not Peter. I'm not delivering a profound heavenly vision that's changing the message. No, nothing like that, but we are going through change. Uh, would people agree? There's change in the air? Um, there's change in the air. And with that, if we're anything like Peter, if you're anything like me, if you're anything like humankind forever, then there's fear. There's discomfort, there's unknown, there's all those emotions you think of that are tied up with that completely okay. Even the last two weeks, as you're hearing me say, you're thinking, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? What is he going to change? What's he going to do? I totally get it. I'm exactly the same. In fact, one thing the Bible shows us, (laughs) on top of many things, is humankind's interaction with this type of thing, it's always fear and understandably confusion. Let me read. I guess my challenge this morning, sorry, before I read something, off the back of the vision series, off the back of repenting, if you weren't here the first week, we repented as a church. In the face of slow but steady changes in this place, as we try to respond to the world around us, like we saw the, the Yates gardening business or, uh, does now. They respond to the world and we, we, we think if gardening products can respond to the world, we as the church should respond to culture with the gospel. I guess I encourage us to look at how this early church responded to this news. And let me, let me read this for you. This is, they hear this news in all the fear, confusion. Here's what they did. When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. When they heard these things, they fell silent. My advice this morning is not to be quiet. That's not the idea. They went silent because they were considering it. It was news to them. They were considering what was being said. They were reflecting. They were taking a moment to say, if you're in this God, they were looking at the verses Peter was talking about, they were listening to the vision that Peter was talking about, and they were taking a moment to say, if you're in this God, then we glorify you. If you're in this God then we glorify you. Just taking a sec. I don't know about you. I don't know if they're fast processes. I need more than a couple of moments. It doesn't actually give us how long that was. I need to sometimes take some time away. My wife likes to go to the beach sometimes with some news and just take a moment to say to God, is this from you 
Or is it from something else? If so, we're going to glorify you. We're going to celebrate. And they celebrated this news. Off the back of a two-week series, off the back of talking about, and in a moment going to talk about some changes I see in the future, but as we become a church that is ongoingly changing and transforming, can I challenge us with this mindset? For a second to be silent in a sense, consider, ask God if he's in this, and then celebrate if he is. If he isn't, that's a whole different story. If he's in it, then celebrate. The reason I talk about this, the reason I bring this up, is because probably what does the opposite look like? If prayer, fasting, consideration, solitude and celebration amongst differences is what is encouraged, what does the opposite look like? The opposite is backroom conversations, reacting in the moment. The marker points become our own comfort, our own interest, and rallying and ultimately divide. This is the opposing thing that happens. Divide. When change is happening and we don't take the time to consider if it's from God and we react as every human does, as Peter did, it causes division. And no judgment here. This isn't a judgment. This, I'm telling you, this is me as well. This is a reaction to change. And it's pretty normal. I struggle with this. Peter himself, a man who walked Jesus, struggled with this. Every human struggles with this. So we have a change. We have a clash of cultures ahead for us. Um, when the first time I came here, the kids making the most noise were my own. Now there's a whole tribe of them exiting. That's a massive change. Suddenly we're letting kids out. Uh, it's a simple change, but it's a good change. I hope that's, that's one of the easy ones. <laughs> but we've got two cultures clashing together. And so what does this look like? Let me give you a snapshot of, for me, for the last two weeks. Again, no judgment. I just Let's be transparent. Let's be clear. Let's address this as we go into a new season. I've had emails about people unhappy with some decisions. Totally okay. But then a lot of those emails will say, friends of mine have been talking. People have been talking. So there's no names. There's no invitation for challenge and conversation. It's just out there. Just, just out there, people somewhere. Completely normal in churches. That's all right. I've had three different people, totally okay, tell me that if I make this choice, they'll leave. And then on the opposing end, if they make this choice, I'll leave. So either way, people leave, according to what I've been told. So again, this is churches. This is normal. This is what happens when we make changes, when we talk about things. Not even saying this is unhealthy. Not as a judgment, not even an unhappy thing or a guilt thing, this is pretty common in this line of work. I tell you this because as a church that repented, as a church that is moving forward, as a church that is looking to God, I believe, this is not how we're going to operate going forward. This is not how we're going to do things going forward. 
We might slip up. That's okay. Rather, we're going to be a church like the early church that considers, reflects, and talks through things. Let me give you an example. Christ says we are the body. He, we are the bride of, of Christ, sorry. And we are body. We're family. If Maren, if I came home and Maren made me chicken, but I wanted steak, and I said, oh, you've made chicken a couple of times in a row now, babe, I'm out. <laughs> Pack your things. Ridiculous. You call, unhealthy, you call it unhealthy marriage. If she said, Steve, I told you to change the oil or fix the car, this is a bit real, this one. Not the leaving thing. She goes, but you just keep doing, you don't do it, you haven't done it, I'm out. I'm leaving. Pack, pack your things. Had it, I'm out. Not a healthy marriage. Would we agree that's not a healthy marriage? Or she could go to her friends and tell them how useless I am as a husband. Not a healthy marriage. Could be true. Doesn't matter. Not a healthy marriage. Rather, I'd sit down with her, hopefully. Not all the time. I'm reactive. I'm a human. And I could say, babe, I don't cook very well, if at all. And when I do, it's not very nice. So you do most of the cooking. I appreciate that. We've had chicken for the last 62 nights. <laughs> could, could we have a steak? Could we afford a steak? Have a conversation. Disagree, have a conversation. With each other directly. Not behind closed doors. Not with each other. Sorry, not, not, not in little groups. Not ultimatums but a conversation with each other. John, John Taylor and me met up this week. Sorry, John, I'm using you as an example. We had one of these conversations. He challenged me on some things up here. And it was fantastic. It's fantastic. I disagreed with him on some things. We talked about moving something. I said, that's never going to happen. I don't, I don't think. I was a bit nice at that. Maybe I wasn't. But we had a good conversation, didn't we, John? Love the guy. We disagreed completely but on some things and we agreed completely on others. But had a conversation, talked. I know that he pray, prayerfully considers before he comes and talks to me and I want to do the same. That's how I want to operate church into the future. Is that okay? That's heavy. I know it's heavy. But that is how we're going to, that is how we're going to operate as a church. We talk we reflect, we grow together. Deep roots grow. I'm not saying you can't disagree at all. I'm 30, 31. I'm going to make a heap of mistakes. I promise you that. The longer I'm here, the more mistakes I make. That's my promise. Come and have a chat to me. Let's talk about this. Let's be different than we have been. Let's bear with one another. Let's love. Let's even disagree. And in relationship, let's grow together. Let's look above the fear, the discomfort, even things we don't like. And above all this, let's celebrate what we do have common unity under, communion under, Jesus Christ. While we're still sinners, died for us. His Holy Spirit, that is the glue that sticks us together, because that is discipleship. So, let me give you a couple of things I want to bring before the church, a couple of changes you might see around the place. Uh, 
gonna, they're not crazy, there's nothing, but I want to bring some things that I see that's going to happen and then we're going to bring the budget, then we're going to finish our service and we're going to have lunch and a bit of a Q&A where you get, we get to talk about these things. Is that okay? Yes. Is that all right? Okay, a couple of things. As we want to be a church that is reacting to this culture, like Yates, we want to be a church that's in the mess like our chaplains here today and bringing Jesus to the culture in 2017. So first thing that you might see that we're we're talking through is the op shop space. We're we're investigating what we want to do with it. Um, It's a phenomenal connection point. So we want to enhance that. I don't know how we do that. We pray and we talk and we work that out. But we want to enhance that and possibly move it from that location. That might mean building outside is the number one one at the back we're looking at. That means it opens up that middle bit so we can run things that make relationship, that build relationship. We can run a chaplaincy fundraising night. Um, we can set things up. We can possibly get some coffee going. I don't know, that'll be my vote, coffee. But, um, and, and, and we'll build out there. So Also, so Michael and the team don't have to reset that up. It's a permanent op shop space. So that, that's something you might see. We're going to talk through that. We'll, look, we'll raise money for that. So be, keep, you can ask me questions out there about that. That's, that's what we're going to look at. And the whole building in general. We've got a, a construction couple that come to this church called Wayne and Anne. And they're looking at doing a master plan of the church. And you remember what I said last week? We're not about buildings. But we're about discipleship. And I believe this building could be used better to make and build relationship. So whether that's a coffee with a young mum that's coming in at the op shop or whatever it looks like. So we're going to do a bit of a master plan, present that to you guys, and slowly over the next 62 years, <laughs> we'll build and we'll grow and we'll, we'll look at developing this place to connect in. <laughs> B. So number two. And feel free to take notes. Although we are a multi-generational church, no apology we are, we're gonna, our, our, we're gonna, our focus is going to be on families. Why? We won't leave other generations out. I want all generations. Why families? I should say families and the lost in general. But why families? Because that's the next generation. And the Bible does not stop talking about warnings against leaving the next generation behind. So it's not just because I have a family. It's convenient. It's probably why you employed someone that has a young family. <laughs> But that's our focus. And so we might put a playground up in a space that was someone's car park. Um, We're not, but we might. And that's because we're focused on families. So again, the option here is you have that choice. Option A is to feel lonely and left out. I hope that doesn't happen. Option B is to be the world's best grandparents to the coming in of these children. Um, to be praying for these kids that grow up to the future of the church, to celebrate when we go out to lunch, the amount of mess and chaos they will bring. Option A, option B. One is considered, one, one might be just reactional. We still run everything we're running. We still run a multi-generational service that tries to seek all of those things, but our number one thing will be young families. C. We're going to seek to become less Sunday-centric. I don't think we are Sunday-centric, 
but we're going we're to stay that way or increase that. Let me explain. Somewhere along the timeline of church history, Sunday became the holistic walk of faith. <laughs> so Sunday, if I didn't get my exact teaching that I wanted, if I didn't get my exact space to worship, if I didn't get my style, my Christian walk was devastated. You ask those in China in the underground church, and their whole week is the Christian walk. And someone could get up there with a guitar that's out of tune with one string and now sing with all their strength and worship. Sunday is not the holistic Christian walk. If you put it on Sunday, it's going to crumble beneath the weight. The Christian walk is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and we come together and celebrate. And sometimes my sermons won't be as deep as you'd like, we got other things. Sometimes they will be. Sometimes they'll be on the topic you don't like. Deep usually means, in my experience, the topic you like. So when someone says to me, oh, what deep teacher? I said, what's that on? Oh, the gospel. Oh, you want the gospel more presented. Amen. I want end times teaching. That, well, that, okay, that's not deep. That's a certain teaching. So I get that. That is why we want to have small groups, discipleship groups. That's why we have KYB. That's why we have all types of social events because the Christian walk can't be just covered on Sunday. So I don't see much changing physically, but a mindset that when we come to church on Sunday, we're here to celebrate yeah. with all ages. Does that make sense? Yes. It makes sense. All right. And if something doesn't, we can certainly ask questions out via lunch. So discipleship groups, small groups, KYB, ladies' night out, mentoring, and other spaces can fill the holistic Christian walk that we might feel needs to be come, come on Sunday. That, that means if your favourite song wasn't played, we can play it at home on the radio that week and we'll try to get it for you next week. Does that make sense? If there's a series you'd like to hear, we'll try to get that on the roster, but it may not be next week. Beautiful. D. <laughs> Just a few of these guys. There's not too many, so I think there's two more. This is kind of an expectation thing. I've been here six months, but I've been part of Southport for part of that, and I kind of haven't got a proper chance to actually talk to you guys about who I am and kind of a bit of expectation around my role. There's this traditional mindset that I think of when I think of church, because I grew up in church. It's a, of a pastor, of a certain demographic. He visits everybody all year and twice on Christmas. He knows everything. He's wise. He's contained, he's mature, probably wears a tie. It's probably not even as colourful as Neil's. It's probably grey. I'm not that traditional pastor. And, as we, and I will do those things. But as we look through the culture, we, we talked about this, as the church bleeds people, as the church is losing people left, right and centre, aren't you glad I'm not? Because doing the same thing over and over again is a definition, and getting the same result is a definition of insanity. Culture has changed, our response needs to change. In a million years, I didn't think I'd be a minister of a church, but God has called me here. And so, what I want to do is more in line of equip Ephesians 4 equip the saints to do the good works. What I mean is, I would love to visit you, but I also have a pastoral care team that we want to develop. There's already people doing this, by the way. There's not a new thing. But we develop a team. And so when Margaret English comes and visits you with the Holy Spirit in her, that's okay. 
her giftings, who God has made her to be, is an official visit from someone that loves you in this church. It may not be me that week. It also means it gives me time to concentrate on the new people coming in and new families and everything that's going on in this church. Because I'm severely... And know this about me, I'm about the ones, not the 99. I love the 99, I'll pass to the 99, but I'm, I want to get more ones in here. <laughs> Is that okay? So I just may not meet... I had someone say to me recently, or actually ask me if I was actually a qualified pastor. Very encouraging. <laughs> I was deeply... Lifted that day. Yes, I'm a qualified pastor. Finishing my Masters in Theology. Masters in Divinity, sorry. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm young and, and, and learning, but I'm so passionate about this community and what, what, what we're already doing and bringing the lost in. And so I'll be doing all that other stuff, but please just know that might be a change for you guys. I may not be as traditional as you might think or like. One of the biggest things you've all noticed is I speak about a million miles an hour, and I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's a great, that's a great example of discipleship, because you've told me that. I hear you. I'm not offended. I need to slow down. I need to get less excited. And I need to stop pretending I'm just talking to uni students, like my uni role, where they talk like, yeah, so... Lucky my sister. My sister talks twice as fast. So, yeah, it's amazing. So, not Kirsten, Stacy. But, yeah, anyway, you don't know her. I don't know why I'm mentioning her name. <laughs> Let me keep going. Let me keep going. So, this last one. Um, a little over before I came, uh, Neil, the existing minister here, um, said in October he's going to finish off. Um, that is a high possibility that in October he's going to finish. Ross Pelling was here. A lot of you guys were here. Um, I feel like my transition isn't complete. I feel like we've got a lot of new people coming in. Um, I feel like I haven't got a grasp on everybody here. Um, I love Neil's heart. It's so difficult for any minister to move aside why, if he doesn't mind me saying, a guy a third of his age starts saying things and moving things around, takes a, a deep humility to do that. Um, and and he's, done, he's been gracious. And so he was ready to finish in October. I've spoke to him and Judy, and I'm actually proposing that he stays on till June next year um, at two and a half days. Um, and part of that is preaching and just helping me still with that transition. So, yeah, you can applaud that. If, if, if that, that's that. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, he's been a massive assistance and I, I, I want him to stay. This is me asking you guys. A couple of questions though about that is we're not a rich, rich church. Um, what do we do about money? I've spoken to the missions coordinator of Churches of Christ and he loves where we're heading and he, they've supported us for this whole year. They're going to actually continue to support us and a key, not the key, but a key principle of that is because of the way we're transitioning Neil out. Um, Churches don't do this well, nearly ever, um, but we want to do this better. And so they're actually, they're actually supporting majority if, and a bit more of that role. Um, and so it will look different, though. Neil, Neil's actually going to kind of work. Uh, the office will be cleared. I'm talking to a young guy about some internship stuff. He might share the office. I'm talking to some other people, and they might share the office. Uh, Neil will taper off in preaching and teaching. By that stage, I would have mastered slowing down. 
So that'll be easier. And, uh, and that's what it looks like. And so please ask questions out there. But just note, this is something I'd really love um, to extend that time to help me transition fully. Um, and we're a growing church. And so we just, I, need, I need a bit of extra hand. And so his ability to not stress, I stress when I preach. Stress massively. Neil, Neil, I can ask him in the week, the week before, can you preach? He can preach. Just, yeah. Yeah, I love you, mate. I'd love you to, love you to stay on and I'd love us to embrace that. But consider it. Um, all right. That's me. I'm going to ask John Taylor and John Flannery to come up one now and they're just going to present the budget and then we'll finish this series.